0: All right, check one, check two, this is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming to you live in effect with better stereo sound. Duh. Three, four, And uh, another podcast Fully caffeinated Fully weeded up Ready to talk uh, to you uh, Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour, people uh, I'm your host, Rob Cantrell I got a great, big, fat cup Of French-pressed, old-school-style coffee I'm um, at the last cup of it this is, um, this is Stumptown. Again, <laughs> shout out to my brother-in-law who got me the subscription. Uh, I, I checked out some other beans this week, but this is just, sometimes the roulette wheel just spins and I'm always mixing it up. Like I've always liked diversity, like in food in movies and entertainment and music. I like the shit to change a little bit, but I also like it to stay the same just like you just like you um so i had a nice sip a hearty sip and you know at the end of the day like the coffee's cold and it still tastes good that's when you know you're really addicted to caffeine (laughs) when you're like oh this coffee's good and it's lukewarm as hell and there's zero milk in it i've been going i've been going deep black with my coffee these days i I don't know if I trust the creamers. I'm just trying to slow down on the creamers because uh, I do have a weird fear about having kidney stones. And I think that's when you cheese it up and froth it up and too much milk. Uh, But I could be wrong on that. Maybe I should. I do drink a lot of milk, but I put a lot of milk in my shakes in the morning. I've been switching oat milk or whatever, but my family has regular milk when the shit runs out. Like I don't, I'm not a prude. Like I'll fucking pour some regular fat, milk i'll put elk milk in there i'll put some blood in there i don't give a shit but uh ideally i want to just i don't like my my coffee too milkied out like i and i have douched out at starbucks before especially at the coffee shops where they have to pour the milk i think there's some covid germ thing where they have to pour the milk they can't hand you a uh, soggy uh cardboard box of uh cow titty milk to you anymore. They have to uh, pour it themselves. Usually, I think there's some type of law that happened. Um, I'm trying to look right into the camera because I know I I bought like this really high def camera. And I have a computer, but I put the the high def camera over here. But I was always looking to the side. Uh, Like I said, I'm trying to zero in on just like making this sound really good. How's my sound? Are we over bleeding? and uh talking up the coffee and then you know we're gonna get some more guests and i'm gonna get out there out in the field and mix it up i think that's where the action's at uh that's where we need to make, start making these joints happen but for right now uh you know i'm just getting used to getting the clip being able to be confident to do a solo mission podcast which this is this one i had a couple people lined up but I don't know, it's, uh, it's an odd time to hit people up right now. Um, things are moving and opening, but at the same time, it seems like we ain't out of the funk yet, and it may get even funkier. I got a COVID test over in Red Hook last on Sunday, and I do not have COVID. I haven't had COVID. I've been testing most weeks. Uh, I've been working out. Uh, I did my, uh, and I've been eating an apple a day. That's my new move. I'm going to eat one whole apple every day until I get the vaccine. I want the vaccine. I will shoot it into my balls. Um, I want the vaccine. I want it. (laughs) Uh, If I had the money, I would probably try to bump some lines, but no, that's kind of whack. The super rich are definitely getting called out on some bullshit as they should. Uh, But I don't know. The whole thing about judging people with money and then the whole thing with judging motherfuckers. It's somehow every time I go down that road that I start going, you know, I could keep those opinions to myself or I could just bleed it out. Uh, You know, I don't think lately I've been trying to not be too ritualistic in terms of, yeah, I want to have my day flow and I want to exercise and I want to be creative and I want to do music and all this. But uh, I have started regimenting everything so hardcore, which is great, but it does leave uh, something out. When things are too regimented, it's things too ritual. I find that life leaves. Uh, I was watching the, last night. I've been trying not to watch too much violent thing. I think violence every time I've been violent, uh, I grew, but I grew up in the 70s and 80s. I grew up with an older brother. I grew up fighting. Like I literally gotten, I don't know, 20 fights. Not a lot. I wasn't like an MMA dude, but it was just like, it was before the internet. And if you were a boy growing up in America, sometimes you had to fucking fight. Um, but I look back on any of those violent things or anything that ever happened to me that was like, fuck you. Even shouting matches. Like I look back on like, what the fuck, man? Is it really worth the drama? That's the thing. Is it really worth politics? Is it really worth all this drama? Uh, But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to go poli- politics. I, the Grateful Dead had nothing to do with politics, and that's kind of where I want to go. I mean, I'm liberal in the sense that, you know, I think, I think we could talk without even using words. I think there's a next level of communication, um, and it involves emotions, and it involves intelligence, and it involves syncing up, because we are, I think the ego denies the natural state because it thinks this is it. But in, in the real picture, this is nothing. Uh, beyond a blip in time. It's so minute that it almost doesn't even matter. And that's where love and action happens. But you know, I get all Zen and do all this shit. And then I end up getting in a fight with my brother or sister or, or I was in the, I got a falafel the other day I got into this lady tried to cut in line on me and I was clearly I ordered first. I paid, I th- but I saw her try to do the thing. And I, ca- I, I have a bad, I I call people out on their bullshit when they try to make a move like that. And I'm like, you saw me order. Like, you know, it's me. Why And she goes, I'm from New York. That's what she said. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. I've been here since I didn't say motherfucker. She was a nice lady, but I was laughing the whole time. I was like, you saw me standing here. You saw me order before you. You know, that's my falafel coming. Your falafel coming next. Um, And I already paid. She hadn't paid. She was, it was just lunchtime and everybody just, but then I walked out and I was like, Ooh, cause I've been, you know, I am a performer. And so sometimes when I get into that zone and I'm like, Ooh, was I a little too loud? I hope nobody videotaped that and thought it was some type of weird outburst. It wasn't an outburst. I was hungry. I ordered my falafel hummus on a pita and I was looking forward to it. I hadn't eaten, I did one of those things where I have my my, 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 my shake in the morning, my liquid Elvis, my liquid Elvis, which is bananas. I got these mini bananas. Yeah, I, got, I went crazy at the grocery store. I went and got the mini bananas and they're perfect. I, it's bananas, peanut butter, turmeric, cinnamon, oat milk, organic honey. That's where it's at right now. That's what I'm fucking with every morning. So the thing is very filling. But sometimes at two o'clock, if you forget to eat snacks, or I usually try to get some peanuts or some, I got an apple today. But yesterday, all of a sudden, I I don't think I ate anything solid, like in 14 hours. So I was like, oh, fuck, man. And I I like meat. I eat a lot of meat. My wife's meat all day. She's, she'll eat a fucking cow, man. She doesn't give a shit. I, the older I get, I'm like, this shit just isn't digesting good. <laughs> it's just not, it's not flowing uh, all the way through perfectly. So I like to mix it up. I like to get a falafel hummus sometimes. And then I had chicken tacos last night. But, uh, so I went in there hungry. So I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, like, because she, but she, I ordered my sandwich. I think she liked my order. Cause I, I said, I want a hummus falafel. She, I think she saw the whole thing and I want hummus falafel sandwich. And I know the order. I know how they do it. And, uh, and then she ordered one right behind me, but I paid for mine and she didn't pay for hers. And then, uh, they were like falafel hummus sandwich. And she's like, Oh, that's for me. Thank you. And I was like, no, you saw me. <laughs> like I, I just, I just spelled it out because it happened, and because she, and then she was like, "I'm a New Yorker. I'm gonna try to," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's just not how I roll." But some people do, you know. It is a weird uh, time, and there's a lot of people out there, and uh, but I was laughing the whole time, and she was laughing. But everybody has masks, and I'm always steamed out. If you see me out in these streets. I am glasses with steam. I haven't figured out how to non steam them. I don't care. I barely leave the house. So when I do leave the house, I got my rack on, my glasses. I need to throw in my contacts for that shit. That's the power move. But uh, I, uh, you know, you, you see me just steamed up, just frothed up. I'm so ready for, to get rid of these masks, but I might have to double down. My wife said, you got to double down the mask with this new South African fucking variant that is flying around some more dodging Uh, but I'm taking hella vitamins and I got my haircut I got some new promo shots for some acting gigs I did some voiceover uh, auditions that went over I thought they were good I don't know if I'll get the I'm kind of in this weird part where I'm starting to get auditions for stuff that I always thought was cool but I'm not at the point where I don't know how that's what's fun about it. You just don't know when something's going to happen. I just know it. Like, uh, whether it's this podcast, whether it's this music project, whether it's this stand-up, whether it's some of this acting stuff I got going on, I just always, uh, I think consistency and moving forward and indifference. That's what I was thinking about is indifference, man. That's, that's the next, next level beyond ego, and uh, I want my back padded. and look at me, um, is just an indifference, and knowing who you are, and just going forward, and, and doing it in a sense that's not about ego and money, and doing it in a sense that, you know, maybe it's helping some other people out. Um, Today, like, I'm sipping on some coffee, I have not had herb, it's well into the afternoon, I have the whole afternoon off, nobody's bothered me uh so all i could do is just edit write do all this shit that i love to do i kind of have a good setup i like my world where it's all heading um i like to get a little bit better at guitar i just need to play a little bit more um and uh, and some of this music that i'm putting together I'm, i i know i've been talking about this for like six months but uh i am excited it gets me enthused as much as i miss going out and stand up it is like a nice like okay switch this gear let's let's work on this shit for a minute and then i work on some film shit and then i do some more uh herb out uh no but that's what i was listening last night i watched was it enter the dragon it was a bruce lee it's the bruce lee that's on netflix right now and it's trending i think it's enter the dragon his very first one and the weird thing is he does like the first The very first scene is almost an MMA, like I know they're doing, they start grappling and then he taps out. So I found that interesting. I didn't know they tapped out in the 70s. I guess that's been going on forever. This is the last of the wedding cake. I had this great straight If you heard it from last week, oh man, that's the first one. I don't know what it is about Herb. It just fits my groove. (laughs) As soon as I hit that, I was like, pressure drop. Uh, Lots of great, great pressure drop. (laughs) There's something about the smell of it. It just uh, puts me in a good mood. It reminds me of concerts, reminds me of good times. Reminds me of uh, seeing widespread panic. I'm a I went to a lot of widespread panic. Uh, in terms of jam bands, if you if we want to start talking music. okay, it comes down to the original cats are the Grateful Dead. You're really not going to get much better than the Grateful Dead. No I mean, they're all different. like even blues travelers got some cool shit, and fish has definitely got some sick riffs and it's there's a time and a place for it. But widespread is more on the Almond brothers meet pink floyd tip but their crowd <laughs> got kind of weird towards the end or they're still going but it's it's super southern bourbon drinking which is fun I, when i did drink i did like a good bourbon buzz it, there is there's a warmness to that one um but the taste was always gnarly and that shit just ripped up my stomach. Not the bad. Some of you guys drink alcohol and like it. Not I'm not anti booze. Um, but I'm just saying some of the widespread shows widespread panic shows, some of my best ones I saw, I did see widespread panic in LA and I was living downtown LA at on Western and Melrose. And I just got on Last Comics, I I got some TV, I had an agent, everything was kind of moving. And then I had some college friends that were living in Manhattan Beach, shout out to those cats. I don't know if they wanna be shouted out because I don't know, maybe the government's looking for them or something, but they were awesome. They were just some, you know, old friends from back in the day Uh, and we all linked up and partied. I remember it was all my high school uh, not all of them a few of my high school friends and their friends from manhattan beach came up and i walked down to the wiltern turn that was cool and, and that's a huge venue but that was the last time i think i saw widespread but then i saw them right when i moved to san francisco i think in 99 or 2000 at the greek theater in berkeley which is an amazing like that place looks like it should have like outdoor Roman orgies at. Like, it's like literally like these columns and these big stairs. And it's the perfect venue for an outdoor concert. I remember eating that, (laughs) I remember eating ass, no. I remember going to that concert and hanging out with a lot of cool people. There were friends of friends. I knew a couple people, I just started comedy. So I was kind of going comedy, but then I had like old college and high school friends around the city that I would go out with now and then. Uh, but I remember somebody had like these organic strawberries. I remember being high and I got past some fruit and it was like California. The sun was out. I was like high on super chronic that I had, you know, we never had kind bud on the East Coast in the 90s. I had straight up like Humboldt kind, you know, the type of stuff that I was like, oh, man, like today it's normal. But I should just do a history lesson. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I came into pot at a weird time. But I think, you know, I don't think pot is good for people at a young age. I, you know, I say stay away, let your mind grow till you're 21 um, and then maybe try some cannabis and see if it works for you. Some people, you know, you're still messing with some crazy neurons and the brain is powerful. So you have to uh, be a little bit wary of it, you know, especially since it's not regulated as well. But now it is. And I don't know so you we all think that everything's gonna stay the same. That's what I was thinking about. I think a lot of the confusion of society and government and, and Republicans, everybody thinks it's still 1986, and it's like, no, motherfucker, we're we're past 2020. Like, there's literally flying cars about to happen. Um, I don't know, but there are like self-regulated um cars that are uh driving themselves, you know. Tes- Tesla, is that it? The electric car. Um Elon Musk, I don't even know about that world. I'm not a car dude. Um but I do own a car now, so if you know uh stand-up gigs, I'm ready to rock and roll. So I got a <laughs> I got a good American car ready to rock and roll. Um as soon as I get the shot into the nuts of the vaccine, get my vaccine shot, I am ready to get on stage. Like, I think I I felt it. I, I mean, I was kind of in the bad at the falafel shop. I shouldn't. Sometimes you just got to shut up. That's what I worry about this podcast. Like, people just rattle and talk shit. And I could talk some shit. And sometimes you got to talk some shit. But um, power indifference and silence that's some powerful shit right there man you know um but yeah i was gonna my that was uh, uh, i guess uh the greek was a really great widespread concert the grateful dead i saw the grateful dead at rfk stadium which was in dc i think i've said that a billion times on stand-up sets but sometimes i don't you never know like i'm like The same people ain't at these shows and not everybody knows my trajectory. Like you think everybody knows, but really nobody knows. Like I'm not that huge Uh, in terms of the bigger picture. In the terms of like the globalization, I guess that's already happening. But in terms of the markets, like these markets for podcasting, Weren't there 20 years ago? You could somebody in Jakarta couldn't listen to Rob Cantrell smoking herb and drinking Stumptown coffee, talking about widespread panic shows in the 90s. Uh, 20 years ago, like that's, I don't know if that's good or if that's bad. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to go through like a few of my. I just wrote down shit like uh, touring. But one of my favorite concerts was when I moved out of D.C. and I moved to this small town, Buena Vista, Virginia, Buena Vista, Virginia, which is four hours down south southern of D.C., uh, almost to Tennessee, which is killing it with the covid. Um, But I got cousins. There's a billion Cantrells in Tennessee. Uh, I got some great shout out to all my cousins. If you're listening and you know, I love you Um, and once this pandemic hits and i get on a tv sh- get some we're gonna have a can travel reunion <laughs> down and in- it's been too long man i really need to go down to virginia and uh soak it up soak up all the <laughs> oh man those uh trump and fox news fucked up the south a little bit uh but they was always kind of funky um conservative uh southern you know, it just starts getting really close-minded and i think that's the thing and i think i can be close-minded is the other thing is because i can be so liberal and shit like that you know i could be close-minded but i will say i'm not into the fucking guns man can we give that shit a break okay i understand hunting and you live out in the woods and maybe one firearm for self-protection but these fucking nerds having eighty (laughs) thousand guns and rocket launchers and fucking i don't know but then again you know they could probably be saying the same thing about herb you know it's odd um no it's not the same but i'm just saying if i didn't know cannabis and i looked at dab videos and stuff like that There might be an eyebrow raised, (laughs) but I think I maybe have like this weird, like super old fucking conservative soul. I think it's just my parents grew up in the 50s and, you know, I was arrested for pot um, in 2005 in New York City. I did three nights in jail. In the tombs, I've documented this. You can look it up on in stand up clips and stuff like that. Um, and that was just for a joint. So I got shook. I definitely got shook, man. I, I couldn't even see a cop without wigging out like for four years after that, like put in for three days high out of your mind. (laughs) It was hell, but I went through it. Um, I didn't get killed. Nobody fucked with me. Um, you know, just I, I don't know, like anytime you, that's what uh, those guys charging the Capitol or whatever, like uh, I do look up arrest videos of uh, the insurrectionists um, getting arrested. And I'm like, dude, nothing worse than that shit. Like uh, they thought they were cheering Trump and they're going to do real hard time. Like I, I went to hold. I was on in a whole I was in downtown the place right before you go to Rikers. And that was not nice. So I couldn't imagine what the fuck Rikers, that shit's all about. So fuck all that. Let's get that karma way out of here. Let's swim away from that subject. No. uh, In all the, yeah, I guess I gotta just back away from looking at it. Is everybody else going through this? Like you have to back away because everything is so there. Like the minute you wake up, it's like blah, 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 blah. And Twitter is fucking I'm not good at it. I suck at Twitter. I try to tweet. No, I shouldn't say that. I need to be more positive because I do think there is a uh, legitimate uh, relevance to social media as a writer. So it is a cool tool. Like I like how Steve Martin works it. I like how, uh, who's that? Uh, there's a couple really good George Wallace. Yeah, I like how he works. Just a couple jokes, not all day, every day. Just a couple, try to get a couple, you know, boom bips up there, like, every day. That's the only thing about those apps is uh, I get into them, but then the consistency, like, it, it is designed, it is literally designed, the more you fuck with it, the more it will give you, like, the more stuff, you know? So it's like, that's the tricky thing, where... Well, I don't know, there's some people that pull it off. It's a, All I'm saying, it's a very exciting time. Now that I think about it, it's the most exciting. We could tweet, we could do videos. I got cameras, I got microphones, I got Herb. This is, uh, this is one of the best days of my life. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Uh, Cause there is only now, there, there is what is and what there will be, that's uh, the gig because the past keeps on moving and everything keeps on going. So there is what's now. And what's now is uh, I got the Cannabis Coffee Hour podcast rolling. We got some big guests. I'm going to be doing locations. going to get the better camera outside, get a couple editors. Uh, The logo is going to get upgraded one more time. I like it, but it needs to get, you know, I finessed it once. We're going to finesse it again. Uh, I love this new microphone. I love uh, these headphones. Um, I love making the beats. I love this coffee. This is Stumptown House Blend Coffee. Stumptown, I would say if my top 10, it's definitely up there. You're not going to bum me out if you break out the Stumptown. You're not going to bum me out if you break out the peats. You are going to bum me out if you break out the Starbucks. The Starbucks kind of bum. There's something to it, man. There's just, I like it and it does the trick. It has the caffeine. I get my fix, but I don't know. Something in it just rips me up. It's just a different shitting process. (laughs) It's a different process through the system. It's a different, it's a different thing, but I will have it. In some places, you know, a lot of it's just like how fresh you get it off right out of the water, who just did it, who prepared it. Was there, was it made with love and sometimes bigger corporate entities and things that are so filled with ritual and discipline lack love and emotional content, which is what I wanted to talk about. Emotional content Uh, being, uh, that's what I learned. uh, And I've read it so many times before about Bruce Lee. like. Violence and fighting and martial arts and self-defense I understand and think is very important. But I do think Bruce Lee's philosophy and opening of the Tao and the opening of uh, kind of meditation and health and mind and body and not thinking. He was all he starts hitting this kid. Stop thinking, stop thinking. Like, uh, he's talking to his disciple, his little dude that he's teaching in the opening scene. And he does that thing where, like, if you look at the finger, you miss all of heavenly glory. And that's that's the internet is the fucking finger, <laughs> you know, the, the, the internet is the finger, and we're missing the heavenly glory, which is man, going outside. That's another thing you should meditate. Like when you go outside, look at the blue sky. If you get a good blue sky, really look at it. I mean, just soak that mother, how big it is, how spacious this is, how wide it is, how blue it is, how it is. It just is. Is it going to be there? I don't know forever. I'm do digging this Biden, uh, Environment, I think the environment is fucking up there. But I think everything's connected. The environment, technology, gasoline. Um, we do need to get away from carbon gas. I think we need to get, even though I'm driving a grid, I don't have an electric vehicle. I wanted an electric vehicle. The American company needs to make, maybe Tesla's American. I don't know. The dude's like from South Africa. He's dating like one of the dudes from Die Outward, I think. Uh, No, he's not. It's somebody, Grimes, but I don't know any of her music, but I do know Die (laughs) Antwoord, Die Antwoord and Ninja. I met those guys, that band Die Antwoord. Their art is crazy, man, but they're really good with it. I saw some, he is controversial. They got an edge to him, man. They got an edge to him. But when I was around them, they were good souls and good people. And I think they definitely press culture buttons. Like there is something to artists pushing, good artists push buttons to make you think and look, but in the business of comedy, I've just been through it all that I've seen like I'm going to be the truth sayer. I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm going to give it, I'm giving, bring the pain. Everybody wants to bring, nothing wrong with Chris Rock's bring the pain. That's a great special. Uh, But I'm saying that will to kill is something that I, you know, took in stand up. But what I'm learning through meditation, I do think people that are more chill in the moment, and can really address the moment in more of a chill way and I do think there's a way of being funny that is even beyond that which is fun and cool and stand-up you need the but as I go into more like acting in scenes or directing or doing music stuff or filming um you know I different tones and textures I fascinate me so Slow comedy, quiet comedy, uh, nuance. Nuance, I do think, is you could see it like in that girl that did those Trump TikTok videos. And I know a lot of hardcore comedians that were hating on her, uh, just because you know she got famous through TikTok, but there was a lot of nuances in her, uh. Her nuances were what sold the performance. The nuances, just how she did it, which one, the framing, the timing, uh, who she is and who she's impersonating and the voice in the person. There's so much nuance uh, in her performance. I think that's why it popped, you know. Uh Like uh, this taste, this coffee has uh, a great nuance. This is actually their light. When I got into the uh, Stumptown house coffee, this was not, they usually, okay, Stumptown's known coffee is known for Hairbender, which is their hardcore. If you want to get something that's just practically next to Ritalin, get Hairbender. (laughs) That's the original death coffee. And that packs a punch. And I always in a great taste. They're the only thing I, you know, I've been liking Stumptown's IG. They haven't liked me back. But come on, guys, you got to come back around, man. You got, you know, I, I got gotcha. you. I know coffee. Nobody knows coffee more than I do. Even the experts think they know coffee. I've been in coffee shops for 20 years, right? My first seven years were just all around San Francisco coffee shops, either performing or writing in them <laughs> or smoking weed outside of them. Uh, and always, always coffee, always an iced coffee, always a, not always an iced coffee. I mix it up. Sometimes I would go, f- I, I've gone through like Folgers phases, like where I was just drinking Folgers all the time. Or I, even when I li- lived at Western, uh, Melrose and Western in LA, I went through a 7-Eleven coffee phase. And you know what? McDonald's, man, you can catch McDonald's they, they took They took their whole game up with that Mac cafe. Um, And I've been screaming about coffee and weed being the new beer and cigarettes. You know, that's pretty much what it is. We need to trace out. That's, that's what I did in my life. And I loved beer and cigarettes. you, You know me, I love bullshitting. I love hanging out. I love partying and bullshitting. I loved beer and cigarettes, but then it just fucks up your breath Alcohol gets you in fights and falling downstairs, and it's not good for your gut or your mind. So, um, when I started stand up, there was a good one year right before when I saved up all this money. Like, I had a job in DC and I had an apartment uh, in a cool part of town with two couple good friends from college. I was in sales i was doing decent i just hated it and i wanted to do comedy and i wanted to travel and that's when i moved back to my mom's house but i had a decent job but i just stayed in a room literally for like a year and all i did was watch uh i remember i had these videotapes (laughs) i didn't even have cable in this room and uh, I just had the Larry Sanders show. My other, bro- my sister's uh, husband had this box of Larry Sanders, and I lo- always loved the Larry Sand. Uh, Gary Shandling is one of the best comedians, artists to uh, come, especially in television. The Gary Shandling show, or the Larry Sanders show, the Larry Sanders show was maybe, for in my opinion, there's not many TV shows that I've gotten into or enjoyed or were um inspired by than uh the Larry Sanders show because the Larry Sanders show pulled the veil off of show business and relationships and man there it it, it and the characters and how it was casted and everything gary Shanley did had a touch of real, originality and it had also just a normal like uh, just a regular guy person not even guy regular person type of thing that uh but also kind of a you know it, it also had a little bit of a tweaked weird twisted view to it it just wasn't like a corny ass um sitcom you know not that the, i think seinfeld's amazing and the writing's amazing and it's an amazing sitcom but i do think the gary shandling show might be artistically um just because there was the man i don't know seinfeld it's hard to judge that because seinfeld is so good um but i just found the larry sanders show a little bit cooler i guess put it that way and i like cool shit um but I also like funny shit, um, whereas Seinfeld was f- hardcore funny, almost Shakespearean in, in its writing. And it's, man, some of those episodes just flew in the characters. Kramer, when he wasn't saying the N-word, was, uh, was uh, just awesome. Like, it was just casted great. Elaine was great. They were all great. Uh, but it didn't give me the same, I don't know. There was something just a little bit cooler about the um, gary shandling show just because it, it kind of pulled away the veil of show business but i guess i don't know it kind of did it just how it was filmed and it wasn't a sitcom kind of gave it more of a realistic tone that i enjoyed uh let's try a little bit more of this wedding cake oh it's great Uh but yes I do miss doing stand-up I miss miss touring I mean the thing is is that I've had but I don't mind quieting down a little bit I, I've been really lucky like I've done some of the best I mean in terms of stand-up unless I'm selling out out like huge theaters Kevin Hart style but I've done everything like I opened for Mitch Hedberg which was amazing to do a whole tour with that guy that you know that's up there and then to do stand up I mean I did tours with Rich Voss and all those guys from Last Conic Standing touring with Ralphie May doing his tour bus with Ralphie May <laughs> doing theaters in Michigan that was fun man Ralph oh, that is one of my dear dear friends and then right after Last Comic Standing, uh, it's coming out now, but I toured with Jay Moore and Burt Kreischer as the opening act. It was me, Burt, and Jay for a good year. And I didn't get along with Jay. And uh, I'll let it be known on another podcast. I've put out uh, an invite to Burt Kreischer. I hope uh, to have him on soon. But I don't know. It's just just old fucking War Stories. But right after that tour, I got to tour with Hedborg. But I got to say, uh, touring with Bert is awesome. Bert Kreischer is an amazing comedian, and uh, I I follow him on Instagram, but he is kind of like, he's just a dude dude. I mean, he's so unapologetically just frat guy um, that it's honest. He is that dude. I've hung out with him. He really is that dude. Uh, He's a great dude to eat wings with and hang out with. Uh, and good at you know his comedy is his comedy um and it's good and he's a great stand up and he loves it he has a passion he has emotional content that's what i was going to talk about uh, emotional content bruce lee like you want to do the motion and you want to be quiet but you also want to be filled that's kind of instead of that's that that regiment thing is a little bit like it starts to get to the angles, or to where you flow state, and then when the motion, when the thing happens, you just kah, give it the emotion. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what I picked up uh, the other night, um, and and also I just been I wanted to talk about how I just missed touring, and I got the tour uh, with a wide variety, like I like I talked about with Craig Robinson, I toured with him. And then I toured with uh, Hedberg. And then I toured with the Marijuana Logs. The Marijuana Logs play. I got to have Arj Barker on here or Doug Benson. I haven't even reached out to eat. Uh, I talked to Arj a little bit. He doesn't smoke pot, but I'll get him on here. Uh, and Doug, I've been shying away because he's, he's taking care of his own stuff over there. But I, I definitely want to circle back with Doug uh, one day and get him on the podcast and link up because those tours were so great. I got to tour all of like Humboldt and all this stuff with Tony Kameen. I don't know if you guys know, but Tony Kameen is one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet um, in a very cool sly of, you know, sly undertone way. And he's not, he's not like a super joke writer all the time. It's definitely organic and out of love with Tony. So shout out to Tony Kameen and his wife, Carol, who was like one of the original writers for the Onion Magazine. They're a funny, cool couple. And they're, hopefully, I wanna, I need to reach out to them and have them on the podcast. What happened today was, I woke up and I get shy asking people to do the podcast just because the times and I'm getting tested and I'm running around, even though it's on Zoom uh, and I'm making music, I'm in the studio. so I, I haven't been able to properly ask some of these people on the podcast. And then I end up doing it like last minute, like an hour before the thing. And I called a couple people right before I was going to record and, uh, nobody picked up because it's Thursday and everybody's just fucking running around. Um, but I need to line it up a little bit more professional and get, uh, some of these friends on here that I did, did get the to tour with. I did get the to tour with Bert Kreischer. Um, I did, uh, I need to get Bill Burr back on. or, But at the same time, uh, talking. Con- I want to talk more music. So I've been reaching out to more music people. Um, because every other podcast is just comics talking comics. And I really don't want to get into heavy gossip bullshit. Um, I just want to smoke some weed and drink some coffee and uh, goof off and uh, have some tunes. Um, what have I been listening uh, yeah, uh listening to a lot of reggae. Check out the artist. I think I've plugged her before, but coffee. It's with, spelled with a K, and she is from Jamaica. And she's it's like a it's like almost like a reggae, like uh Rihanna. It's fucking sick. It's great voice. Um uh, beautiful singing is nice. Uh sweet in-tune singing. Like I, I've never been uh an in-tune singer. My singing is definitely of the school of Bismarcky, you know, I'm just. <laughs> um, Jay, she's just a friend, oh baby, you, which is God. That is a. If you want to hear something funky, uh, just a friend by Bismarcky. It just never, never not gets you in a good mood. It always gets you in a good mood. That's the type of shit I want to come out with some Bismarcky vibe um type shit and that's what i'm cooking in the kitchen uh meaning uh, the beats i'm making on my laptop for the soon-to-be music project that i am releasing with some of my standard hits we're gonna have coffee and wheat which is a song you can check it out on youtube but it's not on spotify and to tell you the truth i don't want to pat myself on the back get away from ego but i've listened to this song for 10 years and the shit slaps it just slaps i'm sorry some people dissed it right when they came out. I think it was just a little bit, it was too much for it was too positive. It was too, it was too right up the gut, man. Uh, they weren't ready for it. And now everybody's gonna be ready for it. weed and coffee is the new beer and cigarettes. Let me tell you, beer and cigarettes was good. Nothing like a smoke, and uh, who the this is some sp- spam risk. You know it at two eleven p.m. See, that's why I try to call people. I need to line it up professional, like my guests. Like, yo, I know I usually text you pictures of my balls, but <laughs> I have never done that. Um, I'm just saying to friends that I need to be more professional, inviting people onto the podcast. People have schedules in; they like to have notice but they also want to help you out that's what i'm learning and growing um awesome awesome haircut man i i'm on the you know you get a you get a haircut but it doesn't kick in until like the third or fourth day and that's where i'm at Uh, i've had a crazy dandruff beehive fucking um get lost in it mc5 fro Uh for a while, like and uh I got it all cut down. I my uh manager for these acting gigs wanted some new promo shots. So I got like an actor promo headshot person. Um, so I got a haircut for it, and uh they did a good job. Like shout out to the cutting den. If you're in Brooklyn and you want an old school Italian bomb ass haircut uh from a real New Yorker, go check out my man at the cutting den in brooklyn look him up um as from man tommy he might his schedule's packed he did uh cut dd ramones hair and truman capote's hair now this dude's been there since 1950s just like this people say new york's dead new york isn't dead man i just got my hair cut from like one of the coolest dudes ever and he's like 70 like this these guys these new york cats have been here forever and Uh, He's the one that gave me my good vitamins. He's the one that knows all these New York EMT dudes. And he was like, you got to get the COC 10 vitamin. Check that out. That's for your heart. Your heart's your most important muscle in your body. COC 10. Check it out. I think it's like fish oil. It's like high-end fish oil. Um, And then vitamin uh, E. And then, I don't know, that cleans out. And then vitamin C. And like I said, I've been doing the emergency because I was taking these big fucking horse pills. Yeah, if you smoke a lot of pot and take big ass vitamins, like (laughs) it fucks you up, man. Yo, you got to get the emergency. If you're smoking some herb and you want to fuck up some vitamins, get the emergency because it's just, you know, just the sauce. And that's what you need. That and honey. I've been eating a lot of raw honey. Uh, I haven't gotten the honeycomb, but that you should chew the honeycomb. That's what they say. It's got some crazy enzymes that are uh, supposed to keep you alive. Shout out to all the bees. Bzzz. Bees, now that's a trippy thing, man. Um, I wouldn't mind being a beekeeper. Like, I would definitely, if I had a rooftop or a backyard, I, maybe in my 60s, I'll get into beekeeping. But then it just takes one mishap where they just fucking have a party on your face because you forgot your fucking cage fucking hood thing. And uh, you forgot the bucket that you got to put on your head. And then these guys are hungry and you just swatted, you know, queen bee in the face. And then they got their whole posse. And then all of a sudden, you yeah, to get that at six, like at 65, to get stung by like 100 bees to the face. man I don't know, that could be that could count you out right there um so maybe like what would be the other but i would like that fresh bee wax like that would be kind of a chill thing to do even get high and try to do it like it'd be a test uh beyond the fear you know uh and definitely you're messing with nature somewhat and i definitely like to mess with nature not mess with it but mean being involved Like, the most outdoor thing I've ever done or the the most I've ever been connected to nature is uh, doing bong hits. No, uh, surfing. Surfing for a long time. And there is this place, when I lived in San Francisco, I think it, is it Sausalito? No, it's like, no, what's that? Pella? It's like the town right below San Francisco, and it has this great... But super easy wave, um, Pacifica. Yeah, Pacifica, California. It's right under San Francisco, and it has this great easy wave. And they used to have a Taco Bell there. But Pacifica, and one of my friends, Dan Gabriel, grew up there. Pacifica has this awesome wave. And then you're literally looking at the California mountains, and then there's like this blue ocean. I remember being out there, and that definitely blew my mind. Um, and it definitely felt like you're just like, so you're looking at mountains, you're in the ocean, you're getting swimming and I I wasn't getting tubed or, you know, I wasn't, but I was riding waves and shit and looking around and, and hanging out with my friends. And, um, and it's really Rocky. I remember that. I remember having to wear the whole suit. Like the guys I went out with were like hardcore, um, but I could swim like I was on swim team since I was like five like that. I've never been afraid of the water like I could. I'm a strong swimmer from that sketch from Sarah live. I'm a very strong swimmer, um, but I'm not a great surfer, but I can handle it because I know how to sit on the board. A lot of it. I just always love to just go out there and feel the wave. That's the closest I've ever gotten to nature. And I've hiked. I even did a Knowles course for 97 days in college. This is a true story. I failed out uh, my sophomore year, but I I graduated in four years. But this one semester I took three classes, but one of the classes was like a super lab. Like it was like this chemistry lab, but all I had was three classes a week, but one was like super hard. But that was like my hardest party on like blackout drunk all the time, smoking, drinking, fucking up constantly. And I remember I got like a D, a C, and an F. And I was suspended for a whole semester, the next academically suspended. But then I went on a Knowles trip and got college credit. Like I lined up, it was kind of dope and sinister and but it worked and it was real because I had to I had to do this independent study. So I made a deal with the school that I would do like three and you could do that during the summer, you could do that at night. there was these ways of getting credits like if you presented this work and had this professor say that he could take this and that's what I did and I did this whole like 97 days in the mountains without any te- I went 97 days in the woods <laughs> without anything. Uh, we took breaks. We went to a base camp like twice, but, uh, and that was before the internet and shit. And, uh, it, it's really easy to get back to nature. Once you start doing it. it's a practice. I think it's going to be more and more like places where you, you don't have a cell phone. You're not constantly connected, but kind of safe and cool. If you know what to do, which is, uh, what you learned on those courses. So it's 97 days. I went out to the wild of uh, Wyoming and Colorado. And uh, that was a semester. And then I did these uh, independent studies and I got college credit. Uh, And I ended up graduating on time, which ended up uh, working out because my mom was not gonna pay for another year of college. Uh, So I did it in four years. I was done. And then I went out and got a sales job and worked for like three years hardcore. And then I quit my job and I did six months traveling out throughout Southeast Asia. And then I landed in San Francisco in 1999 and did my first open mic at this place called The Luggage Store right on Fulton Street. No, it wasn't Fulton Street, it was Market Street. And that's like this uh, Main Street, like downtown area. And that's where the uh, Warfield, that's a great venue. I saw the Cult at the Warfield, this return con- with Joe Bartnick. I remember that. And then my buddy who I got a job working at the Warfield because I was working at the Punchline. And he had; they needed extra security. So we, so the dudes at the punchline were asking around if anybody needed some extra hours to work security at a Slayer concert. And he said, "Dude, my buddy worked a fucking uh, security at a Slayer show at the Warfield in 2002. I mean, pure meth. Like the thing about San Francisco, like outside California, there's that desert world. That's a whole other thing. Like I know country rednecks." I know the South, but once you start messing with desert, that's where there's some madness, Texas, big, wide open debt, like you have to survive. That's where iguanas die. You know, it's like a lot of life is surviving. That's what it is now. A lot of show business is like learning to duck and weave and make some money here, make some money there, figure out how to get in here, figure out how to get in there, keep it moving, grooving. Um, Once you get out in that desert, yeah, you can't fuck around, man. You need your water. You need to be strong. Uh, There's probably not that many jobs. And um, so you got to figure out how to make money or or keep it moving. Um, How's this going? This is going good. I'm keeping it moving. Uh, I'm keeping it grooving. Please like and subscribe to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Uh, We have a great Instagram. Uh, It's at at. Cannabis coffee hour, check us out on the IG. Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon. I'm not putting the this is the only place where you're gonna see my face. All right. You might see some little things here and there, but not the full hour of power that I'm giving to you now. Um, that is on the Patreon, and I'm gonna start doing extra stuff: some music, some merch, uh, some smoke sessions on the Patreon, but You know, I just appreciate everybody listening and grooving and liking and subscribing. I uh, love doing this podcast Uh, and I want to have some more musicians, comedians, artists, uh, writers, people that are regular motherfuckers, randos. I'm down Uh, because it's all about consistency. (laughs) Uh, so we're going to have plenty of time. So a shout out to all my friends. If I haven't had you on the Cannabis Coffee Hour, I'm going to get you on. Uh, and ask me. Anybody uh, that I know that it's cool, ask me. <laughs> Contact at robcantrell.com is where I am at. But I've had a blast on this podcast. This is uh, – I like doing the solo ones. I'm reading uh, – before I, I'll, I'll let you go – uh, i'm reading these books that i want you john christopher the tripods does anybody know about this this is a these books that i read enjoy john christopher's criti- critically acclaimed tripods series in a single follow will in his epic adventures as he uncovers dark secrets of the sinister tripods and with the help of his friends plan to save the world i got to revisit these joints but i remember reading them it was all like mind control and it kind of fits to what's going on today not that there's just mind you know there is definitely some psychic warfare going on um but i want to make this out of love like i really enjoy doing this i want it to be organic i want it to be cool um i don't want to just try to get my most famous friends on my podcast or have the most salacious fucking bullshit. Smoke some herb and goof off and pop and lock and uh, make some fart noises. With that, I'm signing off and peace.